Gracious Lord, we thank you for granting us more information. Lord, we just pray that this information not just become um, static um, material, but Lord, transform it that it may be um, efficacious, may it produce fruit, and may we become more like Jesus as a result. Grant us the heart and compassion of Jesus. And uh, Lord, as we learn about deism and pantheism today, enlighten our minds, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, if you are, are um, uh, quote, quote, perfectionistic and, and OCD, you're probably wondering, Pastor, why don't you go through all of the things? I want to learn about all of them. How can you, how can you be missing some of these? Um, just really quick, the, other, the last three there are very, very rare in our day-to-day. It's, you won't find a lot of people there. The last one is called me-ism. Um, in campus ministries, th- this is a, a valid worldview. Not a lot of people hold it. But I met someone, and he came out to Bible study. And the guy was saying, man, I love this Bible study. This is awesome. Hey, they're great. Hey, um, we talked. I'm like, hey, what church do you go to? Oh, hey, I'm a Babite. You're, you're a what? I've never heard that denomination before. Oh, no, I'm, I'm probably the only one. Oh, is the church of Bob? Like, yeah, I'm Bob. His name is Bob. And uh, I'm like, oh. And I was kind of freaking out on the inside. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like looking around, like, does anyone help me out? And he basically was saying that he was God, that he had uh, omnipotent power, omniscience, and he was just stuck in this human body because he, he wanted to be. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. Uh, but there's, also, there's, a, there's a systematic view there, and it's really weird. And that's why I put Bob down there. Polytheism is the belief in many gods. Um, this was very prevalent back in the day. Not so prevalent today. Um, there is a um, documentary by Little Light Studios um, that goes into superheroes and comic book heroes. And you see in the entertainment the resurrection of polytheism coming back. You have the Justice League, who does mimic the Olympic gods. Um, but not just the gods and the characters themselves, but we live in a culture that has so many values. Some people worship sex. Some people worship money. Some people worship power. Some people worship whatever. And each of those things is a form of polytheism. And then the, the third one from the right is something called finite godism. This is another word for open view theism or limited uh, limited Godism. I don't know if you know open view theism. This is pretty big in Southern California, even in Adventist circles. This is the view that God is exactly like us. He has no ability to see the future. He's just like us. So then when, when, when we suffer, he suffers along with us because he didn't know about it. Um, God is incapable of prof- prophecy, of, I mean, he is still a powerful God and, and, and can do all these godlike things, but he just doesn't know the future. And it's just a weird version of that kind of God. I'm sorry? He's an evolutionary God. Yeah, he, he changes along with us and he's learning with us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's very weird. Instead of us being changed into his image, we've changed God to be in, in our image. It's a very weird thing. We talked about atheism. Panentheism is a weird, weird worldview. It's, 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 it's um, a lot of Germans have believed in that, and, and it's, it's, um, it's so complicated that honestly, I, 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 I'm telling you today, I don't understand it. It's so much gymnastics you got to go through, and da 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 da, da that it's a, it's a mixture of two of these, and 
I think you have to be German, Germanly intelligent to understand that because I, I don't. Um, you look at the middle there, the destiny is we continue to live in God's memory and these weird, weird things like that. Anyway, we'll look at numbers two and three. Um, look at deism, deism. Deism is the great worldview of America. Okay, America is the grand place of deism. And, and then I'm going to submit to you today is a lot of Adventists today are actually deists. Okay, many, many, many Christians today are deists. Um, it is the halfway point between theism and atheism. Excuse me. Deism believes that God exists, but he's not personal. Remember we talked about theism being a personal God? So what happens is this. Even though he's around, it's as if that he's not around. So it's a very convenient worldview. He exists so that God, we can have all this, uh, the, 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 no problems with the atheism part, but because he's not personal, he doesn't interfere in my life. So it's, it's free. We have a, it's a win-win scenario. See? Um, and it came about because of globalization. Um, if you live in a globalized world, you interact with all these religions, kind of like what I was talking to my, my sister's, uh, her brother here today, her brother. Like it's, it's um, in New York City, you're walking and you meet a Jewish deli vendor. Then you go to the, the taxi driver is Muslim. Then you go over here and your teacher is atheist. Then your neighbor is a Roman Catholic. Then you go over here and your babysitter is a Methodist. And when you interact with all these religions, it's very hard to impose your religion on everyone else. We used to live in an unglobalized world where all the Methodists lived in one part, all the Baptists live here, and, in, and today if you're living in Berrien Springs, all the Adventists are together in one space or, or whatnot. And, and it's, it's easy, like on Saturday, nothing is open. You go to the market, there's no pork, there's no shrimp, there's veggie meats in the, in, in the, in the meat. It's just easy. But then when you're interacting with all these people, you have to kind of retract a little bit of your religion. You can't be as, as uh, for, on the forefront of it. So this is happening in Europe. And finally they, they said, hey, instead of like imposing our religions on something, because it caused all these wars, let's find the common denominator and the smallest picture of our religion and picture of God that's so not offensive. So we can just learn to tolerate and live amongst each other. Okay, do you understand how this comes about? Okay. And then uh, if you compare religions together, you can come up with these conclusions. Okay, next slide, please. The, faith, the, five, the five basic beliefs of deism are this. Number one, God is a supreme power. He exists. He's, he's awesome. He's still there. Two, God must be worshipped because he's a supreme power. You go to church. Um, you guys know uh, Chris, Christmas, Christmas Christians who go to church only on Christmas? Or mass, mass Catholics who only go to uh, church on uh, uh, Easter and, and Christmas? Um, so they, they, they still go out to worship. Very important. Three, they believe human beings must be moral. There is right and wrong, and you should do what's right. Number four, we can expiate our own sins. And this is the difference. We don't need Jesus to cover our sins. We don't need to, 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 to believe in an outer power. All we have to do is what? Repent. And if we're sincere, then we're saved. Okay, have you guys heard this? I was at least sincere, and sincerity is, is all that matters. Uh, and last is there is an afterward, afterlife with rewards and punishments. And a lot of people who are deists believe 
that they will go where? When they died, they're, they're all going to go where? To heaven. Okay? They, they did a, a survey in North America, and I was like, like 85% of Americans think they're going to heaven. Um, it's a very optimistic view of, of, your, <laughs> of your destiny, you know. Um, anyway, let's, let's keep it going. There's other versions. There's other versions. You have, you have the universal church. This is Unitarianism. Everyone is, is part of the church. Everyone's saved. Everyone's, everything's saved. There's no difference between anyone. Some reject uh, written revelation, the Bible. And um, if you guys know anything about American history, the founding fathers, many of them were deists. And Thomas Jefferson rejected revelation. They're like, why would an almighty, powerful God reveal himself through a what? A book. That's ridiculous. So Thomas Jefferson, and I'm not debunking Thomas, I think he's a, I'm an I'm a awesome fan of the Founding Fathers, but he wrote his version of the Bible, of the New Testament. And he went through Jesus' writings, and Jesus would have never said that, and he crossed it out, and there's the Thomas Jefferson Bible, which is an edited version that he thought. Um, the Revelation is, instead, every happy sentiment within. And there's the word happy in our American documents. Do you guys know the phrase, the pursuit of happiness? That is a clearly deistic phrase. It's not from them. This is from all the deistic philosophers said, hey, it's, all that matters is that you're happy at the end. And when you, as a youth minister, there's always kids that are like, man, but wouldn't God want me to be happy? If they said they're a deist. Okay? If you read the Bible many times, God doesn't want you to be happy. Yes? He wants you to be holy. Amen? Your happiness is not your, is his number one goal. Now, is happiness bad? I'm not saying it's bad at all, but if he wanted us to be happy, he'd give us lollipops all the time. We'd be happy, and God doesn't do that. Um, it's about the pursuit of the heart, pursuit of happiness, and then there's also something called common sense Christianity. Don't study the Bible. Don't, like, don't, don't go through all the different complex the prophecies. All you need is a little bit of common sense. Should I do this? Or should I write? Hey, should I study the Bible? Look, just sit down. Should you do it? Just use common sense and just, just get it across. And then there's something called common goodness. And one of the, the proponents of this was Benjamin Franklin. You guys know Benjamin Franklin? And he was anti-scripture. He wasn't pro-scripture or anti He didn't believe in it as, as, as revelation. He just, all you need is just kind of think it out and just do what's pragmatically it works for you. And a lot of Americans today, what's different between Americans and Europeans in the first world is Europeans are philosophical. Yes? They sit and they talk and they talk and they talk and philosophize and, and argument and just say, what about this? And, and Americans look at them like that is such a waste of time. The American philosophy is something we call pragmatism. It came up in the 1900s. And Americans are all about using their what? Hands. Hard work. Just go and do it. And one of the American companies is what? Nike. Just do it. Americans are like, you know, build a car. Go out. Just hard work. Do it. Do it. Do it. Work, work, work. As long as it works, it's right. Now, is that right? Okay. What's that? <laughs> no, I didn't feel it, yeah. <laughs> America's going through its up and down now. But anyway, that's, that's the difference between European and American philosophy. And this is, deism is very pragmatic. 
um, when, I, when I give the seminar, the people who love it, this is so awesome and my mind is blowing out. Is you, they're usually European in mindset. And there's others like, Pastor, this is, what, how is it practical? Practical, give us the practical. That's a very American way of thinking. Okay? Usually the balance is you want what? You want both. You want the philosophy along with the practical and see how it works together. Anyway, that's just my little pitch there. The, the history of deism is started in the 1740s, 1750. That's the highest point. Um, Judaism and Roman Christianity were corruptions of the original. So deists say, you know what, forget about Jew- Jews and forget about Catholics. Let's something, do something that's, that's better than that. Protestant Christianity wasn't any better because in Europe, all the ones who were fighting were the who? Were the, were the Protestants. So then they, they said, let's go and try to find the original religion. And that was deism. The least common denominator, least offensive, smallest, night, neatly packaged religion. Um, this was popular in the 1700s, and what happened was it's spiritually empty. It's what? Spiritually empty. It's common sense, just do what's right, and just kind of live life. What happens is those who, are, who want to be spiritual, it's not fulfilling at all. So the first religious awakening was by George Whitfield and the Wesley brothers. It just took on like wildfire. Now, George Whitfield was the person who came with preaching. First time, real, real, hardcore, heartfelt preaching. Before then, it was just someone on top of a, a pulpit really super high, and those read a manuscript or read a lectionary. Okay? It's very boring. George Whitfield comes in, and he's coming into the fields. He's going where the, the farmers are at, and, he's pre- and he used his, his abdomen, abdomen, abdomen. He's using his, his, his uh, uh, diaphragm, and he's preaching. And what happens is, back, this is back before they had microphones, all the people would come. And this caused a humongous movement in North America. It bled over to Europe and the Wesley brothers. And they would sing hymns. And, and they based their, their, their hymns on, on scripture. Now get this. They were so into heartfelt spiritual worship that their hymns were 30 verses long. 30 and the people was like, let's, let's keep on singing. Forget about the sermon. Because the, the, the song was so scripture-based. And you know, John Wesley and his brother Charles Wesley, a lot of our hymns today come from, from, from them. Yes? And today, the, the ironic thing is like, oh, four verses. This is such a long hymn. Let's just sing one. And then we have the 711 songs, yeah? It's like seven words. You can sing it 11 times. Over and over and over and over again. Uh, <laughs> you got a fan up here of the 7-Eleven. But back then, this is just like deep, deep, deep theology. And they'd sing like, they're like, they'd sing 30 verses. Now, like, let's do it one more time. Okay, and then sing 30 verses again. Okay, this is the first uh, a spiritual awakening. The second religious awakening was, was when? You guys should know this. In the 1840s, and this is where the Seventh Adventist comes out of that. Okay? So these two spikes that happen in that time. All a reaction to deism, and one of our church pioneers was also a deist. Do you guys know who that was? What's that? William Miller was a deist. He's like, you know what, let's just believe in a, in a, in a common sense religion until he got into the study of prophecy and whatnot. And you guys know about William Miller. And he, he's like, man, deism is, it's... And he said no to deism. Okay, next, next page, please. Um, deism in culture, number, the first part is this. There's a powerful emphasis on individualism. It's about you, your choices, what makes you happy. 
Our culture makes indivi the individual, uh, that's grammatically incorrect, our culture makes the individual king. Uh, religion in America is focused on the individual. Okay, I already said that. They keep to themselves. They rarely understand the pastor. I can decide for myself what is true. This is even in, in Catholics. In the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church is not like Americans because American Catholics don't listen to the Pope. Because American, Americans are like, well, we're going to do what we believe. So even they have this, in the, this problem in the Catholic world. Uh, Protestant churches are the same. There's many Protestants that say, we don't care what the, our church says. I still believe in this. Are there deistic Adventists? Yeah. The Adventist says this, but I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what the church says. I don't care what the pastor says. And, that, and that's, that's cool to a certain degree. With the, you, don't, you don't care what the pastor says. But I don't care what the Bible says. I believe this is true. And if I believe it, then it's true for me. Okay. Well, you can believe that, that, the, that the sky is purple. I mean, the sky is not purple. It's, it's, it's blue because... Because it is. Um, and so personal choice and authority are the final word. That's what it is in culture. Is America deistic in culture? Okay, do you guys see this in your culture today? It's very, very, very prevalent. Okay, next part. Um, pluralistic society pushes us towards deism. It's easy if everyone thinks the same way, but in a context of differing ideas, one really needs to be committed or become watered down. Okay? So what happens, even in Adventist, this happens. If Adventists are all together and by themselves, it's easy to be distinctively Adventist. But if you're an Adventist in L.A. or New York and you're trying to keep the Sabbath or you're trying to be a vegetarian, vegan, or a fruitarian, or a raw, whatever, whatever dietary persuasion we are, or if you're trying to, to, to keep, um, you know, whatever, whatever, it's hard because you're always... So you just want to you end up watering down your message. And a lot of our watered-down Adventism is found in cities. Why? Because you're constant contact with different people. So Ellen White says we need to live where? In the country, okay? But not to be exclusive and, and stay away from people. Live in the country, but then go into the city, witness, and do your base, da 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 but always leave the city and get out because you don't want to be um, uh, tainted by their... The, uh, interactions and, 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 and Babylon and all that stuff. Okay, okay. Let's see, our culture teaches tolerance and respect so much that tolerance in uh, this is grammatically incorrect. Also, tolerance is understood to be the abandonment of all beliefs. The word is guys. Let's all tolerate each other. Before it used to be you're a Unitarian and I'm a Catholic, so let's just learn to disagree. But now it's evolved so much that to tolerance is you don't believe in anything and I don't believe in anything and together we don't believe in, in anything. Let's be friends now. That's, that's what's happened. And people are saying religion is dangerous. Religion is, is the, the, the root of violence and crazy stuff. Uh, D, a reaction is Christian doctrines misunderstood, which go against, against the age. Um, today, you can't talk about sin. You preach, against sin, you preach about sin, it's, it's horrible. There is no such thing as sin. It's wrong choices that you made or mistakes. Uh, judgment, you never preach on judgment. Seventh-day Adventists, we have the unique doctrine of the investigative judgment. Is that preached every week on, on, on pulpit? It's kind of an awkward topic to talk about. Uh, hell. Do we talk about hell? Okay. Uh, Adventists, we don't talk about hell, but we talk about eternal uh, annihilation. Okay. In that version, we, in, we do believe in hell. 
exclusivity of the gospel. We don't talk about these things anymore because they're not politically what? Correct anymore. And three, uh, E, uh, we have confused teaching in the mainline churches. The majority of mainline churches are deist. Uh, you guys know Presbyterian, Baptist, Episcopal, uh, churches, uh, churches of Christ, they have no uh, unique doctrines anymore. They, are just, they all believe in Jesus. They all worship on Sunday. And that's pretty much it. And you should, we should be good. right? There's no more unique, uh, unique uh, components of them anymore. And the, and the trend in the Adventist church is, hey, let's be like them as well. Let's just, we go to church on Saturday, but we believe in Jesus, and, and that's it. Okay? Very, we're, getting, we're sliding into this cultural uh, bullying here going on. Next slide, please. Today, contemporary deism. Number one, people believe that there is a God, one who created, was who created in some sense, but is distant and not personal. Prayer during crisis is something common or for materials, health, and comfort, but they do not pray for righteousness. And this is what happens. When you believe in a deistic God, let me put it, let's say it this way. If you believe in a, in a theistic personal God, Lord God, Lord, there, I'm going to go through surgery right now. Uh, I'm really scared. They're going to they're gonna take away my, my, my lung for lung cancer. I don't know. Can you help me? When you pray that prayer, that prayer in the Adventist worldview, that prayer, if you say in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen, it goes, that, that email prayer gets sent to heaven and arrives in the desktop of Jesus. And Jesus is on the sanctuary on his prayer, altar of, of incense laptop. Okay? And then it says, you've got mail, and then your, 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 your request pops up. We, in faith, we believe this. Does Jesus hear your prayers? Absolutely. And then he prays this prayer, and he mingles this prayer with his own blood, and he sends it back to God the Father. And the God Father, uh, God, Father God the Father receives this prayer because it's been mingled with Jesus' prayer. Does it make sense? That is the worldview of our prayers. Now, some people say, well, I don't need Jesus. My prayers go directly to God. Hello, God cannot hear your prayers. It's only through the name of Jesus that, that they're heard. Okay? Now, in a deistic worldview, your prayers get sent up to the ceiling and they bounce back. And you get an email, undeliverable. <laughs> 404, not, not forbidden, not found. That's what happens. So the deists are like, your prayers don't go to God. God is impersonal. He's incapable of hearing your prayers. But rather, your prayers are not for him to hear. Your prayers are just for your, yourself. And it, they go through psychology. When people pray, do they feel a little bit better after they pray? That's the point of prayer. Is that real prayer? No, it's not. You're just talking to yourself to like, okay, well, Justin, you're going to go and get that, get that, that, that lung, lung, lung uh, uh, surgery. But you can do it. And God loves you. You're going to be happy afterwards. Okay. Amen. Okay, I feel better. How many of you have heard in, your, in the funerals where people read Psalms 23? They just read it for the sake of reading it. Why do people read Psalms 23 in a funeral? It makes them feel better. Has it have anything to do with theology or with the state of the dead or anything? Nothing. It's just there as part of the culture. And, and people are like, it's kind of awkward. We should read scripture because he was a Christian. Let's show, well, what verse should we read? Uh, Psalms 23. It's the only one that I know. And then they just read it. Deistic. Number two, all religions are basically the same 
75 to 80% of the population believe this is true. 50% of the Christians believe all religions are basically the same. And I found in Generation Y, this has, number has, has increased for, for our generation. Excuse me. Number three, the acceptance of natural law, the physical structure of the world, though the universe works like a clock. You guys have heard this probably. The, the physical law is how God governs the world, according to Newton. The deists believe that God left it to these laws. Basically, God came, he wound up, left it, and then he's gone. Did he make everything? Yes. Does he care about us? Not really. Is he coming back? Not really. It's just we're left to ourselves. Do you guys see how this is a convenient worldview? We're not, we have God, so we're not atheistic. But is God around? No. So we can do whatever we want to do. Okay? Next uh, slide. Number four. It assumes that there is moral order in the world. The prime example is the Constitution. Um, there's that phrase in the Constitution. Um, we believe that all men are created equal. Uh, Oh, man, that's not the phrase I was thinking of. <laughs> that's the phrase. Uh, these, these, these truths are, are self-evident, right? Now, in a theistic worldview, we'd say, hey, these truths are what? Revealed. But they say these truths are self-evident. Yeah, we, we came up with this by ourselves. And are they self-evident to a degree? Yeah, they are, but they're based on a, on a revealed God that we have, or a God that reveals, I should say. They use the moral law to criticize others, but they use the individual law for themselves, calling it natural right. That's political politics. We don't, that's not really important. Number five, the fall has no impact on our nature today. They downplay evil all the time. It's a very optimistic religion. Hey, you know what? Adam and Eve sinned, but that's okay. We're, let's keep going. We're all going to go to heaven. We're all, I'll see you there someday, and we're all going to go to heaven. Number six, confidence in reason and in moral consciousness. Hey, if we sit down and think about it enough and, and talk about it enough, everything will be okay. okay. Is this the America that we know of today? That's, that's the basic cultural components of America today. Okay. Next one, next slide. Oh, there's more. <laughs> Number seven is the pursuit of happiness. We covered that. Number eight, an optimism of the future. Postmodernism is, is, the, is a reaction to this. Postmodern says, hey... Uh, there, there is no optimism. We don't know. It's, very, it's a depressing outlook, actually, if you, if, you, if you look at it. And number nine is there's a vague belief in the afterlife, uh, but the majority will, will make it. So nothing to worry about. Okay. Next slide. The inconvenience of deism. Deists today are very open to, to what's next. And New Age is another word for pantheism. This is what happens. Deism is so not spiritual. Should you study the word of God? No, God doesn't speak, speak to you in a word. Should you pray? No, because does God hear your prayer? No. So is there any connection between you and God and deism? There's no connection. So what happens is, just like William Miller, you're so spiritually empty, you're just looking for something spiritual. Well, guess what worldview is the most spiritual in this chart? The most spiritual worldview is pantheism. And pantheism is the belief that God is everywhere. Do you feel him? Do you hear him? That, that's, that's not him. 
And what happens is pantheism or Buddhism or New Ageism, it's a very, very, you even talk differently. Because we are all flowing energies of God. So what happens is, if you're a deist, a very nice uh, segue to be spiritual is to be trans- transformed from a deist to a pantheist. You see this switch happening all the time. Deism is not spiritually satisfying. God is only around in crisis, uh, is only around in crisis, but not in every day. Sorry, not in every day. Very few deists are passionate. There's nothing to be passionate about. Ga- uh, deism is the gateway drug to pantheism. Okay. Any questions regarding deism before we move on to pantheism? Yep. Um, what is the, the deist view of the end of the world? The end of the world, uh, you have different versions. Some people say that there, there never will be an end of the world, that God, uh, he, he wound up this clock, and he's never coming back because he's got all these other clocks to watch. And there's others say he, when he is coming back, then we're all going to go to heaven anyway, right? But I think the majority would say he's never coming back. The second coming of Jesus is just, the second coming of Jesus is not a literal coming. It's when he comes into your so then this all the like apocalypse and all that stuff, that's all bad. That's, that's pessimistic. Don't think about that stuff and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Don't forget that. Just, just hang out. You're, you're okay. You're okay. Good question. Anyone else? Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not bashing American government at all. I love the founding fathers. I'm a fan of, of Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, George, George Washington, not George, George Washington and all these guys, but... They have a different worldview. Okay. Okay, let's progress to pantheism here. Oh, sweetness. Technology. Optimistic about technology. Yes. Okay, let's keep on going. Thanks, brother, for who was doing that before. Uh, let's go to pantheism. Okay. Modernity and rationalism led to a personal despair. Existentialism was born in the light of the failure of rationalism. This is a point where um, Deus said, okay. The future is good. All we got to do is sit down and work. Try harder. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And, okay, let's build cars. And we're going to build apartment buildings. We're going to have computers everywhere. Okay, we're going to have an awesome society. We're going to eliminate poverty, eliminate hunger. And after 100 years of that, what happened? Cars produced what? Pollution. Perfect cities built, uh, produced what? Crime. Uh, technology produced what? Laziness. <laughs> Did we get the perfect society that we thought we were going to get? No. So what happens, you have all these like, um, existentialists, and they're like, what is the point? <laughs> Postmodern's like, you know what? We're all going to die anyway. What happened is that uh, you get into pantheism, and pantheism believes in an extremely large loosely structured network of organizations and individuals bound together by common values based in mysticism and monism, believing that the world is one. It is a common vision of the world, of world peace and enlightenment. We're going to talk about this a little bit. And I think um, in Oregon, you have a lot of this going on. Okay? They're anti-organized religion. Yes, have you heard this? I'm, not, I'm anti-organized. Uh, my, my question is, what's so bad about organized religion? What's, what's so bad about organization? Well, they'll say, well, they have an agenda to, to get all your money and to do all these things. Um, well, listen, when you understand where they're coming from, it does make sense in that right light. A couple of stuff they believe is, is New Age is the powerful expression of Western man that pure secularism leads to emptiness 
secularism has left us with spiritual bankruptcy. If we do not watch it, Islam will enter this vacuum. Okay? America is spiritually empty right now. There's a huge hole. Deism left this humongous hole in us. So you have all these people. And what happens is the people who believe in energies, man, and crystals, dude. Okay? A lot of them are not dumb people. The, the number one area where people are getting to pantheism is college university professors. Amazing. Because they want that spiritual fulfillment. Okay? Um, and what, what, what the point is, is if, if we don't fill this spiritual vacuum, the largest religion growing today is what? Is Islam. Because Islam is profoundly spiritual, but it's profoundly structured, profoundly, like, it demands obedience. It's very, very um, defined. And a lot of people find a, a certain attraction to that. And it's growing in Europe. It's very profoundly big in Europe. And it's going to become that way in America, too, if we're not careful. Number two, man knows he needs a transcendent view on things. He is despe looking desperately to rise above himself. Okay? Deism was like, it's all about us. It's all about us. Pantheism was like, hey, let's rise above us. Let's see what can... And it's about thinking broadly. A lot of Asian medicine and, and into like these weird techniques of massage and crystals. And it's about, hey, we need to learn to transcend ourselves. Release, get outside of our bodies. And, 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 and out-of-body experiences and, and weird stuff like that. Okay? Number three, man recognizes the necessity of moral order and spiritual sustenance. Number four, man finds Christianity too costly and threatening away. Christianity is too hard. There's too many beliefs. It's just too much. Let's just kind of sit, man, and just feel the spirit. Are there a lot of Adventists who are pantheistic? There are many. Okay? Many of them are like, guys, let's stop studying Scripture. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens is they replace the Spirit with the Holy Spirit. And they believe the Holy Spirit is an energy. Okay? Do you feel the Holy Spirit, friends? Do you feel Him? He's flowing through us. And there's a lot of praise songs that are like, flowing through me, Holy Spirit, I can feel you. Okay? None of this is biblically sound whatsoever. Okay? It's all just weird stuff, okay? Basic beliefs, number one, all is one, okay? Brother, you and, my, you and I, we're connected, man. Sister, you and I, we're connected. Do you feel the connection? We're all one, okay? Uh, you have all those, um, the, the, the Buddhists are like, Aum. What happens is when you say Aum and I say Aum, we say Aum what? Together. Then we, then we become what? One. Let's say it together. Ready? Aum. And we all become one. It's a weird stuff. Okay? Now what happens, this stuff is coming into Christianity too. Number two, all is God. Okay? That's the basic premise. All is God. Now in the Adventist church, the Alpha heresy was not some, some weird doctrine or some belief in Jesus. Uh, well, Ultimately, it does. But some, some, something creeping in, it was the simple idea that God is what? where? He's everywhere. Now, to a degree, isn't he, isn't he everywhere? Yeah, he is. But if he's everywhere, then he's also in me. Because if he's in me, isn't that part of everywhere? Then if he's in me, then 
then I'm God. Then if I'm God, then I'm everywhere. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and you get into this, you get in your I am omniscient. And it's this weird version. Um, C.S. Lewis almost became a pantheist, did you know? Um, in, in the Adventist church, you have uh, Kellogg and E.J. Wagner, A.T. Jones became pantheists. Uh, Kellogg wrote the book, The Living Temple, because we, our bodies are a living temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. And then if he's in us, then we are the Holy Then we are Holy Spirits. Yes? Walking around and, and uh, whatever. This is the Alpha Heresy. Ellen White says that just like the Alpha Heresy, there will be something similar in nature. There will be the Omega Heresy that pops up right before Jesus comes. Very interesting stuff. We should be on the watch for these things. Number three, humanity is what? Humanity is God. Man is God in a temporary state of self-forgetfulness. And this is what Buddhists believe. We are all gods. But as we were born, we forgot that we were gods. Now we have to wake up out of our dreams and get to the point where we remember when we used to be God. Uh, a lot of the movies use this as a premise about people waking up and learning to become transcending their humanity. What happens is the flesh becomes very, very evil. And you want to get into just spiritual things. For a change in consciousness is salvation through seven stages. Uh, this is weird stuff. I don't understand it. I don't want to even get to know about it. So that's what they say. Number five, all religions are what? Are one, or basically the same. Number six, there is a cosmic evolutionary optimism in humanity through energy channeling. Okay? And I heard that the two vortexes of, of centralized energy, one is here in Portland, in Happy Valley. Is there a place called Happy Valley? Okay, where, where the people are happy. And the second one is Sedona, Cal uh, Sedona, Arizona. You guys know Sedona with the red rocks? Uh, I went there two years ago with my parents on, on vacation. And you have all these people, these red rocks. And this is where the earth channels their energy. And they sit on top of these rocks. And they just, they're, like, they're like in the middle of the, of the desert. And they're just, like, what are you doing? I'm getting energized. <laughs> and they feel it. Energy is flowing through them, and they can, and they start experiencing different things. Oh, I remember when I was two, and I remember when I used to be an elephant, and you know, like all these weird experiences. Okay, a lot of these are are drug induced. Also, you can understand why. In the '70s, drugs was the gateway to become more like God. Okay, um, interesting. Other pantheistic versions are their anti-sexuality. They believe gender is evil because gender is, is what? It's flesh. It's part of the body. So we need to transcend our body and get into spiritual stuff. So if you're a girl, that's evil. If I'm a guy, that's evil. We're just spiritual beings that emerge. Okay? Is this idea coming into the Christian church as well? Okay? A lot of the issues we have in church today are they're anti-gender. Let's do away with the differences between male and and female. Um, they're anti-patriarchy, obviously. They're anti-genderism. They're into self-meditation and egocentricity. They're focusing on the self and all these things. Uh, they believe in a scientific, a single vision. They believe through science and through research we can become better spiritual human beings. They're anti-bureaucrats. They hate organized religion or hate church. 
and they're into rural, anti-pollution, anti-urban, anti-specialization, anti-fragmentation kind of, kind of movements. Okay? They hate anything that human beings have done. Um, that's why a lot of them have moved out to here in, in Oregon or Arizona because there's nothing out here. Yeah, it's just nice nature, cheese and birds and bees. In Arizona, it's sand and rock, and you just can be at one with nature and revert to it. Okay. How to reach uh, 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 pantheists? I didn't do this for deists because honestly, I have no experience in reaching one, and I don't find anything from from Ellen White that talks about it. Um, I think deists, you just reach them like, like anyone else. But with New Age, it's a little bit different. Number one is be patient. Each of these new uh, worldviews, there's a whole system of baggage that comes along with it. You need to be patient with them. Number two, ask many questions, as Jesus did. Questions forced to open up the person's assumptions and questions, and uh, assumptions, and questions determine the entry point for the discussion. So you ask questions. Hey, um, hey, what do you what do you believe in? Oh, I I believe that we are spirits. Oh, hey, what what do you mean by spirits? What kind of spirits do you mean? Uh, you know, I don't know. And that's where you start the conversation. Okay, well, this is what I mean by spirits. I get my definition from the Bible. The Bible says spirit, da, 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 da. Actually, we don't believe in spirits, but we believe that the body and the spirit together is a soul. And da, 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 da. you talk about human nature that way. And you're like, oh, hey, that's that's interesting and whatnot. Find a good point of entry. New age became new age because of a need. Find that sensitive spot and that need, and lastly, show concern for their concerns. Some of their concerns are such. They love prayer. Why do they love prayer? They love connecting with div- divinity. Okay, they love spiritual things. Share books and audio resources. Friends and family are invaluable supports. Move to logic gently. New agers hate this. Okay, they, 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 they hate the, I need to believe this and this and this this. They also hate the thing. They're all about the buffet system. They don't hate the, 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 the consistency. And lastly, pantheists need a neutral setting for their, because they're threatened by church. They think church is like, this is part of the, the system. This is them. More like meet them in the middle of the park and have some ice cream, vegan soy ice cream, and uh, it'd be probably better with them that way. Okay. I think that's it. Any questions that you may have regarding pantheism or deism? Pantheism or deism. Now, I know there's a lot of isms, but just try to, try to get um, beyond that. Um, pan is the word for all. You guys remember back in the 80s, there was a, an airline called Pan Am that went bankrupt. Pan Am was short for Pan America, which basically meant they went everywhere in America. Okay. Pantheism means theism. God is where? He's everywhere. Pantheism. Okay. Um, Pan-Americanism or pan-Europeanism, pan-Africanism. This means everything. We can go to our charts really quick and just review this. Yep, question. Yeah. Yep. You mean universalism or unitarianism? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm not familiar with the universal universal church, yeah. I'm not too familiar. Yeah. If 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 I could just um extrapolate, they would probably be a mixture of the deist and the and the pantheist together. 
Um, and a lot of them, they, they, you mix and match what, what they want, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would, I would kind of look at morality and see like the difference between good and, and evil. How that's how what? How do you differentiate good and evil? That's a basic question where everyone, you, everyone, you want everyone to get to a point. How do you know what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong? Right? And for us, it's easy. It's, it's the what? It's the Bible. Very easy. But people who don't believe in the Bible, well, you know, it's all relative, and you, you can never know for sure. Or some people say, well, as long as you love them, that's all that matters. So if I'm killing my, my spouse because I love her, then that's okay. Well, no, 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 no. Then there's an objective evil somewhere, right? Or, I mean, you've got to get to the point where they say, you know what? If I rape this little girl who's only two years old, is that wrong? Every person who's, who's, who has been involved in some kind of ethical, moral worldview will have to say that that is wrong, Right? So then that's objectively wrong. From that point you start off, then if that's objectively wrong, there must also be an objective right. right? But the people who are really stubborn, they'll say, well, that, that's relative too. I mean, if they say that, that's... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Do, put, do, do people, people put um, money where they believe? And that's, anyway, question we have here. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That might be more of the polytheism there, or, or I don't know. The thing is, a, a lot of the religions out there are a mixture of these things. The, the examples I give are the purest versions of these. Okay? Um, if you're a systematic theologian, or we'll go to the go to seminary and you look at systems of, of, of ideology. What you're doing is you're comparing these systems and you're calling them out for their inconsistencies. And that way, that's that's how they have fun. This is how theologians have fun. <laughs> like, yeah, this is inconsistent. This is inconsistent. These are you're mixing these two. Nope. And you you're, you're trying to separate the two. And this is what the, theologians do when they they go on vacation. They just. But but the reality is, a lot of people. I think the Rosa Christians are probably a mixture of the two. Yeah. Let's go through deism here. Deism and pantheism, they both believe in one infinite, impersonal God. Um, the, the world uh, universe is the same as atheism. Uh, in pantheism, it was created out of God. Uh, world, world God relation there. In deism, God is beyond the world. In pantheism, God is the world. Okay, very, very interesting. Uh, created by chance, and as deists, human beings were created by chance, uh, or created by God in pantheism. Miracles are possible, but they don't happen in deism. In pantheism, it's impossible. Okay? Um, it's just... Anyway, that's, that's, that's a whole other topic all there together. Human nature is basically the same, that the body is mortal, but the soul is immortal. The destiny of deism is, if you're a good person, you'll be saved. If you're a bad person, you will not be saved. The destiny of pantheism is, when you die, you will eventually, What? Merge back with God. Okay? Origin of evil is in deism. It's, it's because of human free choice and of ignorance. In pantheism, evil is what? It's an illusion. Okay? All suffering is an illusion. This is the basic proponent of Buddhism. Okay? So the more you meditate is all, illusion, all evil is an illusion, all evil is an illusion. There's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing as evil. And when you get to a point where you're not emotional and there's no good or no evil and you're fully convinced of this, you come to a point where you're evolved in what they call in a place of nirvana. Have you heard of nirvana before? 
Okay? There was a rock band in the 90s called Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, meaning there's no good or right. Everything is, is just neutral. Pretty sad. Um, the end of evil will, uh, in deism will be defeated by man or by God. In pantheism, it's going to be absorbed by God in the end. Uh, human beings determine ethics in deism. In pantheism, it's everywhere. It's relative. You do whatever you want. You have absolute, relative, linear, circular. Some examples of deism are Voltaire from France, Thomas Jefferson's, T Jefferson and Thomas Hobbes from England. And some examples of pantheism are Hinduism, New Agers, Transcendentalists, Spinoza, and Zen Buddhism. There's different types of Buddhism too, but that's a generalization there. Okay. Any questions? Any questions? Any, any reflections? Any thoughts that you may have? Is anyone overwhelmed? Are you glad that you're not a deist? Are you glad you're not a pantheist? Question, are there elements of deism or pantheism in us a little bit? Or in your churches or in your experiences? Okay, so the next logical uh, question to ask is, what do theists believe? Let's look at theism. And uh, we'll see that theism is, uh, is also pretty difficult. None of these worldviews are easy. They're all difficult. We want to see which matches and leads to, to life, to happiness, uh, to all these things that all the world you want, but to be real about it. Amen, everybody? Well, if there's no questions, we're going to have a word of prayer, and you can join the rest of us for lunch. I believe it's almost time for lunch, is it not? If not, you can hang out here and uh, merge with divinity in your own meditative stances. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the, the, all the wonderful, kind spirit we have in the seminar room. And Lord, we're talking about all these other types of thinking out there. And Lord, we don't want to glorify them or extol them, nor do we want to, to, to condemn them and to have an elitist perspective. But Father, we want to be compassionate towards them. And Father, uh, for all the, people, all, the, all the people in our minds that, that we're thinking of, of friends, family, who may be deists, pantheists, atheists, agnostics, or Lord, even ourselves perhaps. Father, help us to be aligned, not to some chart, but aligned with the Lord Jesus, we pray. This is our humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.